Howdy, everybody. This is uh, Dave Hogan and a big Hogan howdy. I hope all of you are having a good day today or a night tonight, whenever you're listening to our podcast, Hot Mike with Houston and Hogan. Where is the Houston? Where where is he? He's over here uh, tuning the knobs up over here, you know, the the pots, the potentiometers. (laughs) uh, We got some old radio jargon we throw on you every now and then. How you doing, Dave? Doing great. Uh, We said on our last podcast we were going to talk about Willie Nelson. And you try to find things. There's so much about Willie. He's so popular. There's so many stories about Willie that everybody knows. And we're going to try to find a few stories here about Willie Nelson that maybe is not well known as some of the others. You, uh, and you, there are a lot of stories about Willie Nelson. Oh man, that guy is, uh, you told me that we were going to be talking about Willie and I committed to do some show prep. I, in my disc jockey years, uh, which continue on now. I'm not real big on doing show prep. I, I just kind of sit down and turn the mic on and whatever happens, happens. But I, I committed to do some show prep. And so, uh, to and it's such hard work. I sat and binge watched four episodes of a documentary that's on uh, Paramount Plus right now about Willie Nelson and his, his career. And I just learned so much and I'm in awe of that guy i really really am there's a new willie nelson book on the market called energy follows thought the stories behind my songs and it is a well, tabletop book i think they call them big big book and uh, willie nelson talks about how some of the songs that he wrote come about and or came about and there are several songs mentioned in the book that Willie did not write, but talks about the song and how he became known uh, for the song. One of them is Redheaded Stranger, and that's Willie's nickname. There was a recording of a song called Redheaded Stranger that Willie played on the radio in Texas when he was a DJ down there, when he was starting out. As a disc jockey, he loved the red-headed stranger. And you know who recorded the song? No, I don't. Uh, North Carolinian originally recorded that song. Arthur Smith. Oh, really? I think Tommy Fail sang the lead on the song. Okay. And that's the recording that Willie Nelson played. And, and Arthur Smith, guitar boogie Smith. Right. And there was another Arthur Smith in music at the time, so that's why the Arthur Smith that we're talking about used Guitar Boogie as his nickname because he had a recording of a tune called Guitar Boogie that was a big hit to differentiate him from the other Arthur Smith. From Charlotte. Had a television program way back when. Anyway, Willie loved Red-Headed Stranger. And later on in his career... He wrote a song. He he used that song in a as the it was called a concept album, where he would go from one song to another, and they'd all kind of fit together. That was the Redheaded Stranger album. 
And when he recorded that album, songs, some old, older songs and some newer songs, he recorded it, handed it, to, turned it into the to the suits, as he called them, at the record company. The executives turned it in, and they got back to him and said, "Willie, why did you turn in a demo? We wanted a a full album. Why why did you turn in a demo?" I didn't turn in a demo. That's it. <laughs> That's all you're going to get. Because <laughs> Willie used very little instrumentation on the album. Very simple. To make the album, the label gave him a $60,000 advance because they were sure it would cost at least 40000 to record it. And Willie says, I recorded it for $2,000. It became... A classic. The whole album became a classic. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. The album. Yeah, and uh, redheaded stranger. The album and the song was used as the basis for a movie later on mm-hmm. called Redheaded Stranger. And and on that album uh, came the the hit song Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain. Yeah, which was an old song, and Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain. Uh, brought a lot of uh, listeners to Willie Nelson's music, yeah. new listeners, because of that song. It had the feel of a, you know, a Frank Sinatra or um, one of the traditional pop singers. And Willie always said that Frank Sinatra was his favorite vocalist. He always said that. When Willie first went to Nashville, he struggled, as songwriters do when they go to Nashville, didn't have any money. And uh, the family Bible song he sold to Claude Gray for $50, and it became a number one record. And sing a little of it for us. Just the, the intro to Family There's Bible. There's a family Bible on the table. He wrote that song in 1958. And sold it to Claude Gray, as I said, for about 50 bucks, I believe. He wrote another song, and a little story behind the song. When he first went to Nashville as a songwriter, he hooked up with Pamper Music, co-owned by uh, Ray Price. And another great songwriter also signed with Pamper, uh, Hank Cochran. And Willie and Hank, were both working at Pamper Music, had a little small cubicle-type office they worked in. Down in the basement. And for some reason, Hank Cochran had to leave the room to do a chore. For some reason, he left, and Willie was by himself, and he looked around, he saw the walls, said, hello, walls. (laughs) Hello, ceiling. Hello, window. And the song Hello, Walls came, came to him right there. And by the time Hank got back, he had written the song. Hello, Walls. And he was still down. He was still struggling and became friends or acquaintances. Made some acquaintances down at uh, Tootsie's Orchid Lounge. Made the acquaintance of some of the Opry people, including Farron Young. And Farron Young loved the song when Willie sang it to him. And when he tried to sell him, he said he needed some grocery money, and he tried to sell that song to Farron Young. Take the story from there. Well, uh, Farron 
said, I want to record the song, but I'm not going to buy it from you. Uh, I'm just going to record it and make my part of the money on record sales. And you keep the rights to your song. And you'll make some money as the writer of the song. Yeah. And that's the first song that uh, Willie wrote and had recorded that put some money in the bank for him. Was the song Hello Walls by Fair and Young. Mm, that's a good song. Still oh. still is considered a classic in country music. Well, part of that uh, research I did uh, was uh, about that song and, and uh, the writing of Willie Nelson. One of the other big hit songs that came along in about that same era was Crazy that he wrote. He sang, he was in two, in, I mentioned Toots' Orchid Lounge. In Nashville. Which backed right up to almost backstage of the Opry House. And he had written that song, Crazy, and he had it on a, I guess it was a cassette. Cassettes were the the popular thing back then, cassette tapes. And he played it for Charlie Dick, who was married to Patsy Cline. And Charlie Dick liked it so much, he said, I want, I want to play that for Patsy. And it was 1 o'clock in the morning. Charlie took Willie out to the at his house, woke Patsy up, and showed her the song, sang the song to her, and she liked it. Went into the recording studio to record it, and she tried to sing it like Willie. And I think it was Howard Bradley who was the producer at the time, and he said, don't try to sing like Willie. Sing like Patsy. So she recorded Crazy. And it is still one of the biggest songs ever. Absolutely. In country music or any music. A lot of pop fans. Still flock to that. Yeah, flock to that. And I think I read, or back when we were doing a show on jukeboxes, that's the number one played song in the history of jukeboxes. On Willie's uh, 90th birthday celebration, which featured a whole host of artists, one of the artists was Cheryl Crow. Mm-hmm. Great and singer. She came out and did crazy. And I want you to know, buddy, she knocked it out of the park. She did an incredible job on crazy. Funny how time slips away. Oh, that was one of the early songs written by Willie. Billy Walker recorded was the, the first recording of Funny How Time Slips Away. But there was a young man who was a singer in Nashville trying to get into the business named uh, Jimmy Elledge. And he had the first hit with Funny How Time Slips Away, and it made it in the, in the pop field. Yeah. And... Willie started getting established there with these these songs. People started recognizing Willie Nelson. In a personal story, I was working at WSKY in Asheville playing country music at the time. And a man from Maggie Valley, and I live over at Lake Junaluska, which is near Maggie Valley, right next to Maggie Valley, in fact. And there was a man who was a listener over in Maggie Valley and he came to the station one day and, and gave me an album by Willie Nelson. 
And I hate to admit this, but I said, Willie Nelson, great writer, but he's not a singer. And I wasn't alone in that opinion. No, you weren't. No, you weren't. Uh, I read a saying the other day, if, if you can't look back at your youth and admit that you were an idiot, then you're probably still one. But, and I was an idiot, uh, where Willie Nelson's music was concerned. He was so different. So different. And he, um, at that time, I, I wish I still had that album on the front cover of the album. He had a, a suit and tie on short hair. Yeah. Short hair. He, you wouldn't think it was Willie Nelson unless you knew, but Willie also had another song that helped propel him to stardom nightlife oh the nightlife ain't no good life but it's my life when uh willie first met ray charles ray charles said willie i gotta be honest when i first heard nightlife i was sure it was written by a black man thank you was willie's quick reply that's one of the nicest compliments I've ever received. And that song has been sung from everyone, from Aretha, by everyone, from Aretha Franklin to B.B. King. And he says, I like, Willie says, I like their versions more than my own. It's not because I don't think white people can sing the blues. They can. I can. But in doing so, I got to remember the blues is a musical form, even a spiritual form that originally comes out of the black struggle. The blues are beautiful because they transform sad to glad. And you and I talked about that. When you listen to, and we're talking about Willie Nelson, so we'll use him as an example. When you listen to Willie singing a sad song, it makes you feel good. (laughs) It turns sad to glad. Nightlife is one of those songs. Nightlife ain't no good life, but it's my life. And I can't remember who it was, but one of the late night talk show hosts used nightlife for a theme for a good while. You mentioned uh, Willie's friendship with Ray Charles, and that was a deep friendship. Uh, those guys, uh, were friends, not only, uh, counterparts and recording partners, of course, seven Spanish angels was just a magnificent recording with Willie and Ray, but Willie told a story about how Ray invited him over to, uh, play chess. They played chess a lot together. And Willie told a story about how he went over to Ray's house and, uh, Ray welcomed him into, uh, the house and. It was dark. All the lights were off and he sat him down at a chess board and all of the chess pieces were the same color. And Willie said, quote, he kicked my ass. He, uh, could feel the difference in the pieces on the board. And Willie said it was dark. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Uh, we've known people like, uh, Ronnie Millsap, which uh, who's from Western North Carolina. I read where Ronnie uh, 
did the wiring on a studio that he built at his at his house in his house. I don't now, know how a blind person can do something like that is absolutely amazing, but they can. I had a chiropractor who was blind. He went uh, blind uh, suddenly, and I can't remember what it was called, but when he was a kid, he did some a lot of swimming in a polluted water, polluted water, and fecal matter or bacteria of some kind. Yeah got into his body and didn't show itself until later in life. So he was a successful chiropractor and he went blind and he still had people say, gosh, I wish you still were a chiro- my chiropractor. And his uh, fellow chiropractors urged him to go back into the business. So he called me one day. I didn't know him. He called me that he wanted to do some commercials on my program and told me the story about how he was starting starting up his practice as a blind chiropractor. And I'm telling you, I've never, I've been to several chiropractors, never had one that comes close to being as good as, as Lonnie. He was tremendous, and he died not too long ago, and, really, and I really miss him, both as a friend and as my chiropractor. But blind people, once you lose one sense, they say the others are heightened, are stronger. Yeah. Talking about Willie and Ray, Willie, uh, and, and we want to talk about the Stardust album. Uh, my favorite album of all time, and I've played a million of them, but my favorite album, and you've heard this from me before, is Stardust. Uh, and it's so millions, too. Oh, it's... It, uh, that's that album stayed on the billboard, uh, top 200 album chart for like three years. And on that album is Georgia on my mind. And Ray Charles had already recorded Georgia on my mind. And Willie said that he just, they're friends. And he said, I just wanted to check with Ray. I, I wanted to do that song on the Stardust album, but I, I wanted to make sure that it was be okay with my friend, Ray Charles. He called him, said, I'm thinking about doing Georgia on my mind, Ray. And he said, Ray's response was, Willie, I wasn't the first one to record that song and you won't be the last one to record it. It's a great song recorded. And, and, uh, he did, he put it on the Stardust album. The Stardust album came along. It was such a departure. It came along at the time when Willie and Waylon and the Glazer brothers and all of that, that outlaw craze was going on. They were just doing this hard driving, honky tonking, hell raising outlaw country music. And it was selling Willie and Waylon, but right in the middle and the height of all of that which Willie sort of contributes to the record producers and the record industry is jumping on that outlaw thing. He said, we weren't outlaws. We didn't break the law. Willie said, I never knew what the law was. I never knew when I was breaking the law, (laughs) but then came the Stardust album 
And it came along right in the middle of all of that outlaw crazy. And it was such a departure. It just turned the record industry and the, the record executives. It was so simple, primarily Willie and his guitar doing those Gershwin songs and, and Hoagie Carmichael standards, the, the songs that he says belong to the people those great, great adult standard songs that, uh, that belong to the people. And it just went out the roof. The Stardust album was released in April of 1978. And it consisted entirely of pop standards. And let's mention a few of the songs besides the song Stardust and Georgia on my mind. Unchained Melody, Moonlight in Vermont. Blue Skies, the September song, Don't Get Around Much Anymore, great pop standards. All of me. And I'm sure that he had to had to wrestle with the record company. He did. Uh, over not just the Red-Headed Stranger album, but the Stardust album. Why, Willie, are you bringing an album like that to me? Yeah, yeah. But Willie had a... Had a uh, contract and in that contract it mentioned that he had complete artistic control absolutely over what he recorded i was trying to find to hear how many how many uh, copies of that album have been sold it still continues to sell it it still sells it's one of the biggest selling it's on the list rolling stones list of the 500 greatest albums of all time in any genre of music. Put them all together, there'd be thousands of them, and and Willie's is right there at the top. He was friends uh, with um, several people in the field of pop and blues music because he not only is a country music star, artist, writer, but Willie loved all kind loves all kind of music. Well, the, uh, uh, the, the guy who produced Stardust was Booker T and Booker T Jones and Willie were neighbors on Malibu. Malibu. Yeah. Except Booker T told the story. He said, I saw this guy come running up the beach one day at my house and closer he got, I said, well, that's Willie Nelson. And they struck up a friendship and found out that they share a musical taste together. And, uh, that's when the Stardust album was born and, and Booker T produced other music, uh, for Willie too. Um, I guess we better take a break here and come back and we're going to continue this conversation about Willie's music, uh, because we could go on for days. We really could. Thank you, Dave. Uh, we're going to read more in that book of yours. Uh, one of my favorite books of Willie was the Tao of Willie. And, uh, so let's, uh, let's take a break and, and come back and talk more about the music of Willie Nelson here on hot Mike with Houston and Hogan. Be sure to click the subscribe button for another episode of hot Mike with Randy Houston and Dave Hogan. 